Hey there all, I missed you so much. We are back with the hotness, the sweetness, the pendulous. This episode's all about family. It's not just about how this group of people's only real predisposition to loving you is essentially boiled down to two people doing it. I mean, like, really going at it. Then having to hang out with, you know, baby you. Because you don't have your own friends yet, so everybody just feels sorry for you. Inevitably, though, this forced familiarity will usually transform into a genuine feeling of caring and or affection. I mean, like, you know, like baby Vera Clem's first month or two on this coil for mortals. I couldn't help but ponder quietly to myself, Jeez, she's crying again, huh? What's this chick's deal? She should just get a job already. Little did I know that the nonsensical babbling and drool-dripping smiles that she would be filling my days with would be more than enough for me to willingly take all the bullets ever, just so that she would never know a sadness or feel an ounce of pain in her lifetime. You see, with most families, well, that aren't surnamed Kemper, unconditional love is a perk that can't be beat. Whether that means I'll pick up the bottle that's thrown defiantly to the floor for the third time, even after I told you the last time it was the last time, and if you did it again, you weren't getting it back, and... Oh, man. Damn it. VC. Okay, for, like, for real, this is the last time. You know, that's what it means for Vera Clem and I. Or that you'll follow your brother on a warpath of vendetta to moiterize and mutilate as many gringos as uh, time would allow, like the Espinosas do. Family is a pretty great thing, isn't it? When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And then the other one, oh. the other one over there, the guy that's in the truck that's leering at you like he's a truck driver because he's in a truck, that's James. Probably because you did something fucking stupid on the road because you weren't paying attention. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That and the last bathroom that he went to to take a shower in, not a single guy there to hook up with. Man. Some, um, sometimes. Speak for yourselves. Sometimes the Rocky Road isn't just an ice cream flavor. <laughs> you think you're clever, don't you? Uh, I was going to say something about hemorrhoids, but you said that you never got them. And I just uh, I thought that was something that every trucker eventually goes through, is, is having the feeling of sitting on rocks, uh, which uh, would have made my, my joke witty and uh, non-needing an explanation. Um, hmm. Every trucker and pregnant woman. Ooh. Oh, but yeah. Yeah. Ooh, actually, uh, I, I, think, I think that might might be true, actually. 
Um, you're listening to uh, a, a nice, smooth-bottomed episode of See No, Hear No, Speak No. All right, them UFOs, conspiracies, and smooth murders. And I'm James. <laughs> I, w- I still haven't put any time or effort into an intro. Hey, man, but you are nailing wow. it. You are nailing it as far as timing goes. Like, perfect. That, Thank you. Perfect. That sounded like a freshly post-pubescent Tickle Me Elmo. Uh, well, I was I was thinking I'd go, like, the opposite of you. You were going, like, deep with it, so I figured I'd go, like, mm-hmm. high with it. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. You know? No, a little I, yin-yang, a little white and black, you know, a little, a little left and right, wh- north and south. Why you gotta make it about race, James? No, I was just thinking the color is white and the color black. Oh. Bad cop, worst cop, I like it. Likely stories, all of you. You know the last time I made it about race mm-hmm. is that time that I was in that race. Just now. Mm. Oh. Mm-hmm. That race war, which was oh. it was well, it was uh, demolition derby, but uh, we we called it that because we thought it was funny. So. <clears throat> oh. I lost. I lost to a Puerto Rican guy. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Uh. Email us at. See no hear no speak no pod at gmail.com or S N H N S N P O D at gmail.com girl. Ooh. So smooth. So smooth it's like that that Amish and Mennonite farm chocolate milk that I got from Whole Foods that tasted oh so much just like melted chocolate ice cream that I think I actually have a problem. I think I have actually been fiending for it. Um, so I see a trip to Whole Foods in the future. Mm, man. Did your therapist recommend a good support group for you? Man, if I still had a therapist to recommend support groups for me. <laughs> she would be like, Jason, I think you have a problem. We need mm-hmm. to wean you off of that chocolate cow titty juice mm, man you can taste the beards mm. you're you're squeezing food from your child's mouth so rich and creamy to feed your what it's so good <laughs> it's so good chocolatey addiction oh, so oh, since oh uh since everybody got a little taste you know what we do here is that we give you a little taste and we get you hooked and then after that that's when it starts to cost it uh, it costs nothing, though, as Sorry. far as uh, we are concerned now, because this is a podcast, and we don't get paid for doing it. And, um, hi, my name's Jason. Uh, we're jumping right back in to the story of Philippe Espinoza, which is really the story of the bloody Espinozas, which is really the story of America, when you think about it, Chris. Mm-hmm. Specifically, when Chris thinks about it, not you, James. Mm-hmm. Chris, mm-hmm. I try not to. Though, when James thinks about it, the story of America is Bruce Springsteen's "Born in the USA" on repeat. <laughs> the mouse. <sighs> so, Philippe Espinosa was born in 1827. <laughs> of his physical appearance. Very little is known aside from the reports that his, uh, well, one of his trademark features uh, was his mouth. 
Newspapers at the time described a quote-unquote jack-o'-lantern grin of oversized and gap teeth, his canines pronounced and hanging lower than any other tooth. Mm. Hang on, sluts. You guys do your thing. Uh, I'm going to turn off the truck real quick. Don't mind me. Okay. Now that I don't have the abominable snow mic to you know, <laughs> complain about being sweaty. Well, uh, yeah, you know, a sec. do your thing. When you're that hot, you know, you, you got to you gotta do what you got to do. Mm. I'll be sure to tell him you think so. Uh, I'm not. I don't know what he even looks like. So uh, probably the most important uh, thing about him, like we were saying last time, was that he was insanely goddamn like scary religious. And the the movement, uh, the 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 exodus uh, in the the front direction uh, of Baptist and Presbyterians into the now New Mexico in the mid 1800s just really freaked out a lot of the uh, the Hispanics that live there and their, you know, their extreme faith in Catholicism. So, mm. the Espinosas... Yeah, they're not hard to shake. Uh, who's not hard to shake? Uh, Are we still talking about that chocolate milk from the, the Mennonites? Because, oof, man. No, no, I was just thinking about, you know, the... The Latinos and their extreme love for you know whatever their they they call their religion, uh, whatever the fuck it is. In this case, it was Catholicism. When I was in Mexico, though, I <laughs> I stumbled upon a, an extended family member who's what they I, I I can't even like there's there's a word for it. There's a, obviously there's a specific word for their this right, particular right. Christian faith, but I don't know what it is, and it's the most ridiculous fucking thing I've ever heard, beyond the whole story in the first place being the most ridiculous fucking thing I've ever heard. Please elaborate. Right? It, it, Please. It, goes, it goes to an extra level of, like, <clears throat> Mary being some kind of uh, some kind of evil that's that's disguised as the mother of Christ or some mm -hmm. kind of fucking crazy shit. But it, in some weird way, these people like follow uh, what they call consider the Christian faith, but still believe that Mary is it, but believe that Mary's evil somehow it's fucking weird as so, shit. And so they still I, are all like Christ is totally the, uh, the King and he is our savior. But the lady that says she gave birth to him, Fuck that She's a lady. meanie. She is straight up She's evil. She's evil some kind of way. Well, And so are aliens. Because well, that's how we got on that conversation. Well, aliens are evil? Or is she an alien? Well, yeah. No, no. That's how we got on a conversation is that we were talking about everything and it came to aliens and that's where the conversation took this weird fucking left turn at how evil... They are, and then the idea to believe in them is also swaying toward Mary's path or some fucking craziness like this. Okay. And, like, my cousin was cool up until that point, and then I'm like, oh, you're a crazy bitch. Because you're like, this, this person absolutely fucking actually believes this thing. Yes. That oh, is... It, it, yeah. got, it got sour real fast. Like, she was... <laughs> 
she was like notably upset with me for going fucking what yes indeed. <laughs> I, and i i love that and but it, just because it, sometimes you hear something that is so fucking crazy you're like you can't actually <laughs> think these things right like you are a person oh, dude, that lives I... on earth right because because this is just too much it's too much yeah well i i respectably ended the evening you know on a normal tone or whatever and i remember walking back into the house and now mind you i am the only blue-eyed non-full mexican in in this whole town at right, this right. time and uh sure. so so you know if 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 anybody understood english they knew what the fuck i was talking about right and right. it was probably something fucking crazy most of the time Anyway, so I finish the night, walk back in, and tell my mom. <laughs> I just begin to start telling my mom this, and she's like, "Oh fuck, you had that conversation." Oh Jesus! Ooh. See, that's some Ooh. shit that your mom should have prepared you for. <laughs> it's like, hey, well, just mom... so you know, the family members that we're gonna go see. Not only do they think they that think Mary's evil. that Mary is evil, she's also. Uh, in cahoots with the aliens who are also evil because if you believe in aliens <laughs> you can't believe enough in Christ <laughs> well you would think I mean she knows me as far as religion goes and that's not usually something I talk to people about Yeah, yeah. but when other people throw religion into whatever the fuck wacky conversation we oh, were Jesus. having yeah it kind of it, I can't let it go I mean how would that be funny, right? Man, I, I, I mean, it's it's nuts enough that I, I'm kind of thinking about converting. Um, but uh, right. sorry for derailing. No, no, I I helped that derailment, and I loved every second of it. Uh, so the Espinosas, as a family, were were part of a, a religious organization called Los Hermanos Penitents, which is the Penitent Brotherhood, um, which, like I said last time, was a, a like a it's not even a secret society. It's it's just a, a society that was transplanted to New Mexico in the 16th century by uh, conquistadors, basically. And in many ways, uh, they are like uh, a, a regional form of the Opus Dei, which in this region, they were notorious for their means of, uh, you know, making their sins go bye-bye, which were uh, self-flagellation, uh, they would also stand on cacti, which, ouchies. Uh, they would place stones uh. in their shoe, which doesn't sound so bad until uh. you uh, you think about maybe then putting the shoes on and walking around in them. Because uh, if oh, you just had to, yeah, no, if you just had to put rocks in your shoes and like leave them next to your bed at night, not so, not so <laughs> bad. Like, whatever, not so bad. Um, wait, <laughs> did you say self-flagellation? Like they make themselves fart? No, I said self-flagellation. Uh, which is the oh. uh, where you whip I thought, yourself bloody? I thought you said flatulation too. Um, I mean, oh, okay. I mean, oh. who? He just walks around farting and puts shoes. Who won't let shoes. let loose a fart when you're whipping yourself bloody in the back? Uh, you know, it's kind of hard to just keep them in. Like uh, Vera's letting all kinds of mouth farts go right now that I really hope are being recorded because I love them. Oh, they <laughs> yeah. are. No, no, you don't have to leave. They certainly are. I actually yeah. love them. <laughs> there it is. There's my baby <laughs> laugh. Um. And then they would also bind themselves to wooden crosses, of course. Um, so in the late nice. 1800s, because of these uh, 
you know, extreme practices. I guess you could call them extreme, even though they, there were no skateboards uh, or BMX races to save any, uh, you know, little little places where kids could go dance to flock of seagulls. The BMX race was always my favorite. Man. If not the B-Boy competition, Man, the BMX but, race was the But if it was best. the BMX race, Nicole Kidman was there because that was her first movie. And, um, you know... She might look like some kind of weird, like, you know, plaster cast of herself now that could just break. But back then, man, in the 80s, kicking some ass. Love it. God, did you see her in the Aquaman movie? She totally looked like a friggin' plastic. Well, yeah, because she, she is a plastic. Person. I wanted to say doll, but I don't think, it, like, mm. that didn't, well, didn't look cuddly. No, no, like, you, if you touched it, it would break. I get it. Um, so, uh, you know, they, they banned it, uh, because, you know, the state government and pressers from the church, you know, the, the church in, with a capital C, uh, the one in Rome was like, I, you know, guys cut it out, you know, just cut it out. Uh, we look, just cut it out. And so they did. Your farting is giving the church a bad name. Your bloody farts. Your farts give church a bad name. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but even today, uh, you can go visit uh, some of the abandoned meeting places of the penitents. Uh, you can, uh, you know, go check them out because there are still uh, <laughs> that there's still people uh, that belong to the penitents that meet today with less extreme versions of what they did apparently um but that doesn't surprise me in the mid 19th century Philippe Espinoza was a devout member of this very organization and later on when he became a wanted man it's believed that they even helped him out uh to stay ahead of the law and you know give him shelter and food and such uh so you know it's a yay religion kind of thing um, so the family themselves uh, originated originated from El Rito, New Mexico, which is about forty miles. Somebody, uh huh. I, I I apologize. No, go. Yes. Some little miniature n- nugget of a human is going through it back there. Oh yeah, she no, she is cutting she, it the fuck up. Dude. Oh yeah, she, she's having a, she's having a grand old time because she knows she should be asleep. She's cracking me up. But she's like, Daddy, <laughs> Daddy, 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 I see you with that big bright screen in your you're face. Recording. I see that you have that, <laughs> yeah. that giant black lollipop looking deal that you're you're yelling into. I want to do some yelling too. And I like it. <laughs> she is the best that guest we've ever had on this show. Sorry, Jerome T. Abbott. That's right. <laughs> okay, uh, so so real okay, question sorry. here, fellas. Uh Melissa's asking me if she should take her out. Is it becoming distracting? No, no, it's not okay. bothering me at all. I just, I okay, just wanted no. to make mention that it's, okay. it's cracking me the fuck yeah, up. It's cute as hell. It really is. It's making it's adorable. It's making what I know we're about to get into so much better. Uh, <laughs> so uh, they, it, the place that they lived, it was about forty miles. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, forty miles west of Taos, <laughs> which uh, I don't even know why I added that part in because I don't know where Taos is, uh, much less El Rito. Uh, much less New Mexico, if I'm being frank and honest. Taos? Mm-hmm. Been there. Done that. Uh-huh. In, 
1848, uh, when the Mexican-American War ended, there was, you know, uh, everybody was freaked out because what's going to happen to the people that were Mexicans, like the Espinosas, who were now uh, living... (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. They could try that, yeah. Uh, uh, You know, they're now Americans, uh, basically. But, well, not, because they're just living in in what is now America. Uh, So... These are just words that the white man uses. Um, They they don't mean anything other than, if you give me your money, then I won't kill you. mm -hmm, Exactly. In an article in the Treaty of Guadalupe, uh, it stated that all Mexicans that were living in the new American territory... Uh, would keep their land, and not only that, but they would also be allowed to remain a, a citizen of Mexico, or and alive, or they could become how the gracious of them they could become American citizens if they wanted, you know? Oh, huh? Wow, it's pretty good. Uh-huh. <clears throat> it's it's a pretty good deal, actually. Uh, I mean, it would have been a better deal. So you're if... gonna take my native food and bastardize it? Hey, man, and serve it in. Places I, that stay open till 4 a.m. to okay. drunken teenagers. Okay, listen to me right now. We can. <laughs> oh, yeah. You will not bring up Taco Bell even without saying the word Taco Bell because I went to Taco Bell today to order what I have ordered from Taco Bell for the last 10 years, which is the grilled stuffed steak burrito. I pull up to the, the speaker. I say, I would like one grilled stuffed steak burrito, please. And the lady on the other end said... We don't serve that anymore. Oh. Oh, no. So don't you bring up... Don't you bring up Mexican food. Taco Bell was my first job ever. Yeah? Right there in New Orleans. Mm Mm-hmm. Of course Right there off... Yep, right there off Jefferson Highway Mm -hmm, by the mm -hmm. hospital. Yep. In the middle of fucking shit-ass area. Shit-ass area, uh, yep. I have made them... I've assisted in making them plenty of money. Hopefully, this plug will get us a sponsorship. Oh, man. If Taco Bell <laughs> sponsored us and brought back the fucking grilled stuffed steak burrito. And a grilled stuffed steak burrito. <laughs> God oh, damn it. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> man. Oh, yeah. That'd be the best. I, I could dig it. I can dig it. Um, but, you know, uh, just like the the hopes and dreams of uh, of the, the return of the grilled stuffed steak burrito, uh, the Pepsi's the, against my religion, but if they want to give me money, I'll take it. <laughs> The the article that was in this uh, Treaty of Guadalupe uh, would not be honored by America, um, as is the right of the white man, I suppose. <laughs> this is so fucking stupid. What? You're um, lying. This I, is I am not, not the way history went down for the white man. I, 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 I'm, I so, refuse to believe. <laughs> <laughs> so the honor uh, and integrity was is besmirched here, man. I, if I could just tell. All people back in the past, if you see a white guy, uh, you either should uh, kill him immediately or run. (laughs) Run as fast as you can and never look back. Um, Because that white man does does not have good news for you. (laughs) He does not have good news for you. Mm. He is not bringing tidings of of faith and love. He might say that until he gives you plague blankets and, and steals your women for women stealing purposes oh white people are <laughs> terrible oh yeah and only after he determines he likes you 
Mm. Will he allow you to convert to his religion or kill you? Um, well, usually, uh, yeah. even if he doesn't like you, he'll be like, you should try my religion out. Because if not, then <laughs> heathens and death. Um, and, we'll, and we'll talk about the whole liking situation afterwards. Um, so the tension in this territory, which was now the, uh, you know, the, the New Mexico, uh, was heightened quite a bit more when in 1861 the Colorado Territory was created and the southern border of Colorado then cut a lot of the uh, original Mexican Hispanics off from the certain New Mexican conventions that they had been mortal coil that they had been cool with for a long time uh, for instance when white dudes began visiting the mm. region to issue new laws and taxes they uh, mm-hmm. they failed to consider the fact that uh, these Mexicans probably didn't speak or read English which is the only <laughs> language that their documents uh, that they handed them were written in <laughs> huh yeah. Wow. So, um, you know, uh, yeah, it, it, people are getting mad, uh, and you know, people are are uh, you know worried that now these new arriving military forces and such would start drafting their young men into their armies because that's what they had kind of been told was going to happen. So, with with Colorado only being a year old, like people are already uh, up in arms. Uh, basically, uh, well. We'll say figuratively, because, uh, you know, <laughs> the armies and stuff, uh, we can't forget about the armies. Mm. So, between the years 1862 and 1863, <coughs> cough, that's me. right, Chris, that was that was, a v- that was very, very it, poignant, and I'm glad that you added it in. It wasn't directly into the, the microphone, I almost forgot the cough. <laughs> um, so it's right here in the script. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, he was poor and he was living inside a, a a little cramped, uh, little kind of mud hut with his family outside the village of San Rafael, which is near present day Antonio, Colorado. Um, which I, once again, no idea. Chris might know. Um, so Philippe took to banditry, which is not, as I thought, making uh, band-aids. But Melissa corrected me and said, no, that's like he became a bandit. And I was like, oh. um, Exactly. Thank you, Vera, for... Yeah, I'm going to move on. He joined a gang and got thugged out. Uh, No, he didn't join a gang, actually. Uh, Joining him was his younger brother, Vivian, which is... I actually, <clears throat> I think, kind of a badass name for a dude, right? Like, if your name's Vivian, girl. I was about to say it's a girl's name. That's the name from the Anne on Fresh Prince. I mean, Aunt Viv, Aunt Viv. So Vivian is is wow. technically now uh, a, a very a very feminine name, but uh, you know that that's just like uh, one of the manliest men ever. Stacy Keach is named Stacy. Um, mm-hmm. Can I just make mention of how? how um, uh, timely a reference that was for Baby James. Uh, well done, sir. What, well done. Fresh Prince? That's still a very well-known show. Um, it, You're a very well-known very well, very well known show. 
you know what? I'm gonna go ahead. Thanks. I'm gonna go ahead and give Chris the uh, the point for that that burn. That was a good comeback. Um, That's right. Very well known show. You son of a yeah. bitch. <laughs> Recognize who you're dealing with. So I was trying to give you a compliment. <clears throat> yeah. Um. And and you just shat all over it, man. And that's not how you make friends on this show. You make friends on this show by being vaguely racist to Chris. And showing your butthole. And showing your butthole. Yeah. But that's a route that no one has decided to take yet. So I think I can call myself a friend of Chris. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I've met the requirements. I mean, uh, I don't know if Chris would feel the same. I think he he's... he's I was going to say, is everybody making up Chris's mind for him? Is that what's going on right now? <laughs> I th- wow. I th- I think... Wow, okay, this could be like that then. <laughs> I, think, I think that's in the contract that Chris <laughs> right, signed. I'll see you guys and, later. Uh, so, one day, the two brothers, uh, they stopped a freight wagon that was uh, on its way from Santa Fe to Galisto. The, the wagon just had one passenger slash driver which uh was a mexican man and this mexican man as would have it uh was actually once neighbors with the brothers um so while they were you know going through and looting the wagon they decided to have a little laugh afterwards and they tied the driver under the tongue of the wagon so that his face uh was just inches from the ground (laughs) and then uh, and, it's a good little laugh. and then while laughing, as as just jovial, just pranksters will, they they whipped the shit out of the horses so that they they bolted off into the distance. Uh, the man was pulled for miles and miles, uh, his head just hitting every single little tiny bump in the earth's crust that it went past. And by the time that the wagon was uh, was seen and stopped. Uh, the drive the dr- driver was basically he was almost dead and his face was a bloody pulp he did however manage to live and he would eventually uh, describe the dudes that did it you know um so with this description wow uh, a charge to capture these two banditos fell to the only military and law enforcement center in the the area really which is the newly constructed Fort Garland there, a Lieutenant Hutt took charge of trying to find Han Solo and getting his goddamn money. <laughs> I, was, I was about to say. Mm. Getting his goddamn money. <laughs> Man. <laughs> said he was going to pay him and he didn't. And now we think that Han Solo's the hero. Fuck that. He's a... Mm. Man, just... Fucking scam artist. Just talk to the Hutts, man. They're, they seem like okay people. You don't get to be... Uh, so giant and slug-like, and and have just just golden bikini bitches for days without being kind of a cool dude, you know? Heard that. Heard Same that. Stands to reason. I, so, I agree. So this lieutenant Hutt uh, was in charge of this pursuit, and he was assisted by a U.S. marshal named Austin. So they conducted a bunch of in- interrogations in the area, and officials collected. Uh, the identities basically of the the Espinosas and where they were staying. So Hutt and Austin determined it unwise to just walk up and be like, hey, uh, you're under arrest. So they thought about it for a bit and they hatched a plan after 
nine months of sitting they on realized plan they like their faces too much mm. so <clears throat> lieutenant hut with a couple other soldiers would approach the farmhouse under the guise of recruiting volunteers for the army so they were going to walk up and be like hey guys how would you like to be in this man's army and um, you know it was it was actually something that happened quite a bit because there was a, a shortage of soldiers out there because there really weren't a whole lot of people in those territories at the time. So uh, that coupled with uh, escalating uh, fights with uh, frontier Indians meant that it was a commonplace thing for recruiters to, to go out in the countryside and seek new volunteers. Um, so the goal here was really to separate the brothers that they needed from the rest of their family that were staying there and have them, you know, outside and unable to, to get help from them while they arrested them. And while Lieutenant Hunt was there to do that, Austin was on an overlooking hill and he was, you know, keeping a close eye on everything in case, you know, shit went wrong. So as Hutt approached the house, Vivian stepped out the door to greet him. He was unarmed. He was uh, unsuspecting by by everyone's remembrance of this. And he was, you know, fine with talking to Lieutenant Hutt. So uh, when Hutt described to Vivian his offer, Vivian at first seemed like he was kind of interested in doing it. He asked how much it would pay, where they'd be stationed, how long he would have to serve. And uh, Lieutenant Hutt just calmly answered him. You know, everything seemed great. And, and Vivian seemed optimistic about the idea. And then uh, he was like, mm, you know, nah. <laughs> and then he turned to walk away. So Lieutenant Hutt being just, ah, you kids. He's like, fuck this shit, man. And uh, grabbed him by the arm and declared him under arrest. So in making this what I'm going to call a mistake, like you go back to the drawing board and you try something else. You don't just be like, well, you know what, kid, you're under arrest because he still got, uh, you know, at least one murderous brother inside the house, along with who knows how many family members willing to do whatever family members are willing to do. So uh, mm. there was a gunshot and it sticky <laughs> after this gunshot, there was a, a broken front window to the house. And then after that, uh, there was a uh, a certain Lieutenant Hut shot through the chest, and then oh no, then a collapsed on the floor Lieutenant Hut. <gasps> My gracious! I know, right? Um, so, but instantly, basically, uh, there was gunfire from everywhere. Uh, so, uh, Philippe sent his younger brother to receive the rest of their family. Uh, all while, you know, having his rifle hanging out the window, getting ready to shoot little white dudes running by. And uh, so uh, Austin and whoever was left was just shooting this house, which is uh, like built with mud, basically, just peppering it with bullets. And old-timey bullets are garbage anyway, but if you're shooting uh, even like a foot thick of mud, it's not really going to do a whole lot. So while this is happening, uh, Philippe and Vivian were crawling along the, the floor, 
they'd pick up their heads every once in a while to shoot through the windows as the rest of their family kind of, you know, brought them ammo and shit to do this. So Austin and the, the remaining soldiers surrounded the house. But the brothers made uh, a break through the, the back door. And in doing this, you know, just came out shooting and uh, a corporal was struck and instantly killed. And uh, Austin leapt atop his horse and tried to take chase. But before he could catch up, the horse, uh, <clears throat> you know, misstepped and tumbled, uh, crushing Austin beneath uh, the horse Oof. and leaving him with injuries Oof, nice. that he would never fully recover from. <laughs> Oof. So it, it was just Not like because it's a fucking horse, man. And I just hear like the 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 Benny Hill chase music, the whole way. <laughs> oh my God, that James, that is two references <laughs> that I didn't expect you to know tonight. That I am, you know, He's God doing bless good. you, sir. God bless you. <laughs> um, so the Espinosas on fire had had escaped, uh, vanished inside the forest. Antibiotics of the Sangre de Cristos. The what? The what? Oh, the uh, the Sangre the de Cristos, the the forests of Sangre, Sangre de Cristos. Oh, blood of Christ! Yes, the blood of Christ. Uh, I didn't know oh. that. That's what Sangre. Resident Spanish meant. translator. Man, Sangre. Yes. So, what does that mean in in Latin, James? Oh, um, <laughs> the blood of Christ. Oh, son of a bitch! Jesus juice. What do you know? So. The two brothers, uh, <laughs> Vera is just all about this story. I love it. The, the two brothers. Yeah, Vera's a, like actual guest star some episode, man. I'm excited uh, as, what she has to dude, say. Dude, as soon as she can actually talk, she is going to be a permanent <laughs> staple on this show. We all know this. Uh, so the no, two brothers. No, I want to hear oh. her. Blah, 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 blah. Well, then you should come visit more often then, James. <laughs> right. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it got real, didn't it? You live in the same city. No, you're right, you're right. There's no excuse. The two brothers ran <laughs> into the Rockies of central Colorado, and they would steal, uh, they would end up stealing two horses along the way to do it. Um, it was during this time that there was a, what became to be a popular myth that Philippe received a dream in which he was visited by the Virgin Mary. And she's like, Fuck you, I'm evil and aliens. Yeah, man. <gasps> totally. That didn't happen. Oh, so yeah. he was visited by the Virgin Mary. Uh, she was yeah. sent directly by God to go talk to Philippe to bestow upon him a duty to kill white people. That nasty, nasty Heard bitch. Mm. Man. That is unsanitary. That's it's good stuff is is what I I'm gonna take out of it, um, but divine or not, um, Philippe now had a vendetta, which, you know, a, a private war even like uh, he was like, man, I am gonna fuck some shit up, so. Did he have a cool mask? Did he have a cool mask? Yeah. Uh, he he did wear a sleep mask, uh, but that was mostly to sleep. Uh, because he had, uh, he had, he just had problems, uh, you know, with the, the stars were a lot brighter back then. Uh, the the universe was a whole lot younger, and the stars were closer together, so you kind of needed uh, something to block it out. Um, but just really keeping you up at night. 
Yeah. So, uh, so he did, in fact, have have a cool mask. It was one of those the kinds that the ladies wear that you could put in the the the, the freezer first, and it's like a a cold uh, mask on the the face. Uh, I hope that answers your question. I hope that answers your question. Um, <laughs> he uh, so uh, they they uh, they fleed uh, Southern Colorado where they were pretty well known and uh, also wanted by the law, and they brought their quote unquote crusade to a rocky canyon-filled country outside Canyon City of all places, Colorado. Uh, <clears throat> who would have guessed, right? So, uh, Seriously. prior to 1863, locals in the area knew it as Sawmill Gulch. Uh, today, though, uh, the signs along the road read, Dead Man's Gulch. Uh, I will give James exactly one guess as to why. So, um, I'm guessing that it had a reputation of death in the area specifically in the gulch uh you sir have been listening and that uh that makes me feel good thank you it was late in yeah. the evening when a uh, a man a man named Jim Harkins who was known affectionately by those in the area as Uncle Jim um well oh. Uncle Jim was found murdered in his cabin uh, Aww, Uncle Jim. He he had just recently moved to the area, and all that day uh, he had been at work building a sawmill with three other men. Uh, this was Sawmill Gulch, after all. And if you move there, it was uh, I'm pretty sure part of the city charter that you had to build a sawmill. Um, <clears throat> so around supper time, uh, I I actually call supper time dinner time because I don't like the word supper. It just yeah, it's a weird agreed. word. I, I never, I was never into that. Either. It rubs me the wrong way. Uh, so uh, the men decided to to take a break, and Harkins was gonna go to his cabin and, and make dinner for everybody. So he they break off and he goes to do that. But uh, when the three other men arrived at the old man's cabin later on, he was already dead. The Sunday Gazette would later describe the murder scene, and this. Just knowing that this was in a newspaper, um, it's goddamn. Okay, so <clears throat> Hawkins had been shot in the middle of the forehead with a Colt Navy revolver. Then the murderers had taken the axe and split his head open from the top to the mouth. And then, judging from the appearance of his head and the axe, they hit him on each side of the head with the head of the axe and two pieces of his skull and brains laid on the ground atop his head. He was also stabbed twice in the left breast. <laughs> breast. <laughs> yeah, I did say breast, didn't I? Well, that's a bit much. Yeah, that, was a good, that, that was good, though. I like the little 1940s radio broadcast you're doing. 20s, whatever. You haven't... Yeah, he hasn't shown up on the show in, in quite some time, actually. That's probably James's first time hearing uh, hearing that character. So it's good I'm glad you guys him. glad you guys got to meet. Um, <clears throat> so at first, everyone had suspected it were it was Indians because you know uh, that's kind of I mean that's not specifically what the Indians uh, you know were into uh, doing to people, but you know they were super into killing white people and. 
they did it usually yeah. it's pretty uh bizarre if not just uh bizarre to the white people uh ways but uh the next morning while they conducted a sweep of the area uh the sheriff then came upon another body uh, it's just a couple of miles from jim harkins cabin the body of william bruce was found lying outside his ranch home hacked to pieces also um except this time uh inserted into a bullet hole in his forehead was a uh, a small crucifix made of sticks um man uh so uh just in Yay. case just in case uh, i have to say say this part again because it's it's fun to say uh while conducting a sweep of the area the sheriff came came upon a second dead body uh that was just a couple of miles away from jim harkin's cabin it was the body of william bruce who was found lying outside his 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 ranch home he was also hacked to pieces uh except for this time uh in it's put into a, a, a bullet hole and in his forehead was a little a crucifix made of sticks um you know because uh uh what would jesus do <laughs> is what uh the men, men that did that, uh, their bracelet, their bracelets, uh, said that. Um, mm. Oh man! So, having having killed a couple people now, uh, Philippe and Vivian basically were like, "Yeah, this is uh, you know." Uh, uh, Mary said this was cool, right? So we're gonna we're gonna just keep doing that. See, so they told you she was evil. The Rockies, basically. Oh man, is she ever <laughs> evil? That they, I was so glad when you were saying that earlier because it it fits. Um, so they, they made their way north, basically, and they would uh, just kind of kill at random. They would, they would find, uh, you know, isolated, unguarded communities. They would find lone victims that were far away from any kind of help uh, in places where sounds like gunshots and screams just would not be heard uh, because <laughs> there, there weren't nobody there to hear them. Weren't nobody. <clears throat> so this... Is a, is a wonderful development in this story, uh, giving, given their criteria of of people, it was uh, their their basic uh, para- paradise for doing this was the sparsely populated mining settlement of South Park, Colorado. Uh-huh. Yeah, come on down to South Park and meet some uh, have yourself a time co- coal coal blooded killers. Man, let's do it. Oh. <clears throat> Some friends of mine. Uh, here in South Park, uh, the brothers would just go around like <clears throat> small mining camps, basically, where men tended to to work like by themselves and like in these yeah, high in the mountains. <clears throat> uh, you know, you, you if you had <laughs> if you had a mining claim that you were trying to get rich off of. I wouldn't be like, hey, Chris James, let's go hang out at my my fucking mine, and uh, so you guys can get rich off of the thing that I paid to get, to have, you know. Um, yeah. So I, I'm gonna go do that alone, and you guys can go suck it. And but in a few days, when I don't come back, come come uh, and and pick up my mutilated, uh, cross covered body. If uh, if if in Yanta. <laughs> that always um, made me chuckle. So. I know it's a good it's a good thing. So the Espinosas uh, would creep up on their targets, 
and watch them sometimes for hours and hours. Um, there were uh, two businessmen out of Denver named uh, uh, Sega. No, no bullshit, Sega, but it's S E Y G A, and Lehman. Uh, they were found dead outside the popular Kenosha House, which is like a, a hangout kind of fucking Kenosha. Um, and uh, some some people believe that the killers uh, sat there and waited in the dark for just somebody to to wander too far from the, the hotel. And then with long-range rifles, they just... And then they were no more. But blah, blah. After, after after, the death, uh, after they came down with a case of the death, uh, the Espinosas oh, would then go to work on the corpses. Mm-hmm. Um, bodies of, of well-known residents would be eventually found hacked up and mutilated to a point that, uh, you know, often was beyond recognition they would be disemboweled decapitated their hearts sometimes cut out crosses slashed into their chests stakes sometimes driven through their chests and into the earth wow oh please i can only get so hard (laughs) you know what i don't think that that's true james i don't think your level of excitement has reached its peak yeah how much thrusting force that takes prove me wrong or that would take man like yeah like a bunch like it to go through uh somebody's like, man to like to certainly all the way through go ahead mm. go ahead sorry i i mean just no what you were probably about to say to to push a, a wooden stake through someone's chest out their back and into the ground uh would certainly be a feat of of strength that's Fuck, Far man. more than any normal human could do in one stabbing motion. I guarantee that. Oh no, you gotta like like lean on it and like kind of hop up and right. down to get get it through. Some You're of probably it. pounding and, on that shit. Man, that's crazy. So, so newspapers uh, at the time before people knew who it was for sure were calling the the murderer of these victims. The Axe Man of Colorado, <laughs> which doing this show has taught me one thing for sure, and that is old timey newspapers not good at making up <laughs> fucking serial killer names. Because every single state and or city had an Axe Man, um, but you know, Dems the breaks. That's how uh, the uh, that's how. The, that cookie crumbles is under the body of the man that was decapitated with an axe. Somebody's making shitty because... cookies. That's what that sounds like. Mm. I mean, I mean, what if they're Mm-mm-mm. what if they're where they're they're like the kind of cookies that have like crumbles stuff on it? Like, what if what if that's what's fallen off? What if the rest of the cookie completely, perfectly still intact and delicious, Chris? Huh. Don't you feel like an asshole now? You fucking asshole. I sure would. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. Not so much. It's a shitty so, cookie. Pa- Your grandma <laughs> sucks. So paranoia. Paranoia rippled across the territory. Everyone was a suspect. Even you, Chris. Even you, James. Even me, Jason. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Uh, so it, in these situations, right... 
uh, usually uh, you didn't want to be the new guy strolling into town the day after they found a body like this because uh, guess who's guess who's being blamed for this seriously um, there, there was there was one time that a prospector by the name of Foster uh, he had just arrived in the town of Alma in hopes of finding a, a, a claim a mine to work uh, the town immediately was like well that's our killer duh so they caught him and dragged him to a tree for a hanging and seconds before uh, he uh, got his a hanging uh, South Park's famed minister John Dyer I mean we've all heard about him right he is a South Park's famous minister John Dyer uh, so of course. no more no more explanation needed um, of the family and well stuff. he calmed everybody the fuck down he was like everybody really like this guy he just got here and like sure he's probably the guy that killed all those people I'm not gonna say he's not uh, but let's go ahead and, and let him down because uh, you know uh, it's uh, it's uh, lunchtime everybody right <laughs> it's it's lunchtime and, mm. and it's it's on I uh, it's on it's on Paul today to to buy lunch uh, Paul <laughs> you remember what you agreed to and then uh, the guy they let him go basically so that's good right I mean I, I think it's cool yeah it worked out well um, for him so by yeah and then everybody uh, got lunch out of Paul and then Paul actually though uh, he died uh, destitute and penniless because of that lunch Fucking so Paul. technically technically this prospector named Foster did kill a man sounds to me like Paul, Paul needed a new job Sounds to me like people should fucking know that they shouldn't order the steak when someone else is paying. <laughs> you get a hamburger and you fucking smile around. Right? You fucking degenerate. <sighs> God damn it. Anyway. Oh, man. <laughs> fucking Paul. So by this time, uh, Colorado's governor, John Evans, had increased the bounty on the heads of the Espinosas as well as... Uh, he also appointed a detachment of First Colorado Infantry to comb the region, and they ain't found shit. <laughs> they had giant combs, <laughs> and, and one of them had a pick. Um, so, uh, leading this uh, First Colorado Infantry detachment was a Colonel John Chivington, C H I V I N G T O N, Chivington, Shivington. You decide. Whatever floats your monkey and spanks your boat, I always say. Yes. Okay, win. <laughs> this is great. I love it. All this is happening on the day that I get my new computer. Mm -hmm. It's saying what? I like that for once everybody's paying attention enough to be on that shit. All right. Indeed, All right, to be I'm, like it I'm, just I'm happened. I'm going. I'm going. I'm okay, good. Again. Okay. Let's do this. <laughs> so, so, Colonel John Shivington, uh, a man who uh, two years later would end up becoming infamous for his part in the Sand Creek Massacre. I didn't bother to look up what that was because <laughs> the, <laughs> the research for this uh, was a lot and took me a while. Um, and then, uh, oh man. So, it was 
uh, eventually a lumberman named Matthew Metcalf who became their first uh, you know targeted victim that would get away Metcalf was driving a team of horses through South Park's California Gulch and uh, he was uh, carrying lumber or whatever and around a turn the Espinosas were there they didn't say a word they pulled out their guns and started firing uh, a bullet smashed into Metcalf's less left breast which uh, huh. man breast. was it that's that's a word for boobies uh-uh. James and sent him <laughs> flying backwards boobies. onto <laughs> the lumber that was in his wagon so since he's dead and out of it or whatever the horses are like Rah! and then they just fucking ran down the path and the Espinosas just stepped aside and let the let the wagon the wagon run away. Um, later in his diary, Philippe would merely write, and I quote, "Killed a man in a wagon." <laughs> <laughs> All right, good for you, Ben. Dear diary. <laughs> uh, except he actually hadn't, because Metcalf. Uh, says that he had just stuffed a uh, a condensed booklet of Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation into his front pocket, what? and what? the papers slowed down the bullet and let and that let him uh, that that saved him. I wonder you know? if that's where that <laughs> comes from. Uh, the Emancipation Proclamation? <laughs> no, that's uh, the whole thing. No, the whole thing about fucking something just mirage <laughs> just happens to be in your, you know, in your front jacket pocket that's, you mm-hmm. know, can stop the bullet. And in the movies over the years, it's been many different items, you know, the, a Bible across the, the yeah. cigarette tin with gum in yeah. it, a badge, mm-hmm. a, a giant dildo. Yes. Ooh, James, do you know that reference though? The cigarette tin with the gum mm-hmm. in it. Oh, I thought you were about to ask me if I know what dildos are. Um, <laughs> no, no, I don't, I don't get that one. I got your last one though. I forgot what reference you had made. Uh, oh, uh, space balls oh, coming in the desert. Right, yes, right. yes, yes. Oh, I would yeah, be, I, I would though. be, uh, I would be ashamed of you if you didn't know that. <laughs> oh yeah. That's why course. we didn't. That's why we didn't reference the reference reference. Um, but no, I don't. So get now, that. what's that cigarette thing for? Um, oh, go ahead. An old Michael Keaton flick called uh, Johnny Dangerously. It's hilarious classic classic Shit. it is very yeah good. it's like I'll, uh I'll Ch- chinatown it. it's like chinatown meets uh robin hood men in tights meets um uh at johnny dangerously yeah but like <laughs> 20s All right, yeah, I'll check gangster out. setting and yeah it's it's funny as shit it's good it's it's good stuff um i'm, I'm a part and, of that real quick <laughs> nice and just like you know your last name's Just an ad, like. right, huh? Sorry, continue. <laughs> <laughs> Just like pre-Batman Michael Keaton, uh, you know, um, Metcalf is like, hey, I know, uh, I I can tell you what the the guys that uh, that shot me in the chest look like. So <laughs> the Axeman of Colorado now had a face, because before there was just blackness no face it was nobody likes that so wait they assumed he was a no, black dude at nobody. first and now they know he's just a brown no, guy <laughs> they, i mean um you know uh, uh 
it was a long time ago, Chris. You know. So let's, yeah, they probably uh, did that. Let's not. Uh, oh, that's not funny. Let's not trudge up old feelings of uh, some things that none of us had a hand in to begin with. You know. Um, you know, maybe one or two of us have dipped our toe in, but uh, our hands have stayed dry. <laughs> oh, the water's fine. Uh-huh. The water's just fine. So, page number four of my five pages of notes starts with, A posse was formed in fair play under John McCannon. Uh, mm, John McCannon. What a man. That's a man's mm, name, is John man. McCannon. John what McCannon a McCannon. Mm-hmm. Man, I want some manwich now. Mm. I want some man last, right now. Last time you had a, had a real good manwich sloppy joe, man. Mm. Years, actually. <sighs> yeah, it's Childhood. A, like, well, you know what? I'm, I'm having a cookout tomorrow, and you're both invited. But we're not going to eat manwich, so... Um. Yeah, then I got <clears> a thing <throat> going on. <laughs> oh, well, are, is there are, is there going to be manwich there? Because I might just say, you know, fuck this thing that I'm doing. Um, no, um, but if there's manwich at your thing, then my thing might clear up. I'll settle. Who knows? Uh, Who knows? You know, it's all up in the air right now. Your people to talk to my people. We'll get figured. Bang up the details. If no manwich, okay. I will settle for stovetop stuffing. <laughs> Man, Soft, indeed, what? but like. Stovetop stuffing. <laughs> oh, this stove is the thing they okay. still sell. <laughs> okay, uh, so the ground in the area uh, was it, it, it had snow melt basically. So uh, it wasn't long before the, the 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 group that was that was you know chasing them found a fresh trail of hoofprints because the ground was all like soft and muddy and shit. Um, so following this path. The, the men under uh, John McCannon uh, came upon an equally fresh victim, a man butchered beyond all recognition except to that of his brother, who was also a member of McCannon's posse at the moment. So they found a fucking body that was torn to ribbons. And the one person that could be like, oh, I know that guy. Uh, was there, and that guy was his fucking dead brother. Damn. That's, that's gotta fucking suck. Uh, uh, McCannon later recounted that the sight sent the man into incapacitating fits, and that he was quickly escorted back to town. Probably. Uh, the, uh, the others in this Christ. posse wasted no time in following this trail. Uh, they rode... Uh, all day, all night, and uh, you know there were uh, men that couldn't take any more horses that fucking were exhausted. That you know, and so less and less basically are making the end of this fucking journey <coughs> to find these men. And uh, it was just after daybreak when the group came over a ridge and they saw two horses tethered in a grassy meadow below. And the owners of the horses weren't exactly there in sight, but they saw campfire smoke. And <clears throat> the the posse knew that either the killers were asleep or resting, or this was a trap for would-be followers. So McCannon split the group up into two, 
and he and three others would sneak down the forested slope to the north and hunker below the site. The other four were to slip into some bushes below. So they all moved into position, drew their guns, and finally from a thicket emerged a dark-skinned and burly figure. He appeared to suspect and or know nothing as he went along his work untying the horse and whistling. Uh, <clears throat> then a, a soldier named Joe Lamb couldn't stand it. He drew his gun and uh, he fired a shot directly into the chest of Vivian Espinoza. Uncle Viv, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, the man uh, let out a cry and he pulled out his pistol and just started firing wildly. So then a man named Sanger blasted a shotgun in that direction, Ooh. which uh, he he killed the horse. He may have been <laughs> a little a little too riled up. It's like uh, it's like running the into. Horse. It's like uh, you're you're a cop and you're kicking open a door and like there's just like a like a five year old kid there with his juice bottle and like you just bought him with the the end of your gun so hard and you're like woo what's next and then later you're like holy shit did i hit that kid in the face with my gun oh sorry just blinded Uh, by the adrenaline man so uh yeah so so sanger just uh shotgunned a horse (laughs) and uh but finally uh a man named fred carter uh shot vivian uh through the head and uh and killed him i well i mean you can't say killed him instantly because he had already been shot in the chest. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, killed him uh, pretty quickly after the chest Pretty shot. quickly. Pretty in quick. In a timely fashion. Um, so in all this, in all this commotion, uh, finally a second figure ran out from the thicket of trees, and McCannon shouted when he sees this, for God's sake, don't shoot. That's Billy Young. Um... Because the man uh, that had run out was wearing an expensive-looking suit um, uh, that uh, is actually bought uh, from this, the same uh, place that the man he's, he's talking about, Billy Young, who was one of the soldiers, where he buys his suits. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, it was actually a suit that, uh, that uh, Philippe had taken from a victim who happened to uh, shop at the same stories. Right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, the, and it also it pretty much looked like the suit that Young was wearing as they went to go catch these banditos. I don't know why he was wearing an expensive suit <laughs> on a manhunt, but I'm not the dude's mom nor his father, and he can wear whatever expensive silks and fineries he wants into the American Wild Wild West. Mm-hmm. However... When the man finally lifted his face from his dead brother to reveal his dark features and black, bushy beard, it was already too late. And McCannon, the other men, before they could take aim at Philippe Espinoza, he had already disappeared into the thicket once more. Ooh. So, it's growing dark, and the posse just gave up and returned to where they had shot Vivian. And as they gathered around the body, 
they hear a a gunshot ring out and a bullet then hit a tree just inches away from Joe Lamb's head. So they look up at the ridge above them and they see a little line, little thin line of fucking gun smoke rising up. And uh, with seeing that, uh, Philippe was gone. So on Vivian's body, however, they found uh, a bunch of the victims that they had killed belongings. Uh, They found a bunch of gold. And in the dead horse's saddlebag, they found Philippe's diary. Um, It says here that the pages were a descent into madness. Descriptions of murders and mutilations, incoherent and politically charged diatribes, transcribed and perhaps imagined conversations with family members, unsent letters, and underlying it all, a divine righteousness. One passage included an early draft of a letter that Philippe, following Vivian's death, would mail to a Governor Evans. According to the Weekly Commonwealth, the letter read in part. I'm not going to do a Mexican accent. (laughs) Um, Okay. (laughs) I was so waiting for it. So, (sighs) a man, I, I, I did it. Uh, when I first read this with Melissa and she's like, you're not going to do that on the show. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, the, the Anglos ruined our families. They oh. took everything in our house. First, our beds and blankets, then our provisions. Seeing this, we said we would rather be dead than see such infamies committed in our families. These were the reasons we had to go out and kill Americans. Revenge for the infamies committed on our families. But we have repented of killing. Pardon us for what we have done and give us our liberty so that no other officer will have anything to do with us. For also in killing, one gains his liberty. I am aware that you know of some I have killed, but of others you don't know. It's a sufficient number, however. Ask in New Mexico if any other two men have killed as many as the Espinosas. We have killed 32. Jeez Louise. So we Jesus have uh, j- just we're, we're on the last last page of this episode and and boy it's uh it's been a doozy so far. So let's let's all let's all scoot a little closer to the television even though our mom has told us that we shouldn't sit so close because we would ruin our eyes. And oh my god, I can't see anymore. Wait. She was right. Oh my god. Wait, my palms are all hairy, too. What happened? Of course she was right. She's always right. Mm. Man, you know, I do wear glasses now, and I didn't when I was a child. I think there's a correlation. (sighs) (laughs) It was a a quiet summer, really, after after they they had killed Vivian. Um, And as quietly as he showed up, Philippe had then disappeared. Some thought that he might have retreated to old Mexico, which was Mexico. Uh, others thought that he maybe had hunkered down with uh, with family members or sympathizers. And uh, many reports actually had him at some point returning to where Vivian had been shot and then carrying a severed arm to be buried. But okay. by October 8th, 1863, Philippe had resumed his crusade, and he needed an accomplice, and you can't call yourselves the bloody Espinosas without another Espinosa. So, 
he recruits his 14-year-old nephew, Jose Espinoza. Oh, wow. So the two, the two men, I'm, I'm going to call them men because this 14-year-old did some terrible things with this man. Uh, the two were thought to be drunk that day, passing a bottle back and forth as they waited to ambush a, um, uh, you know, anything that came across them in this box canyon in what would become La Vita Pass in southern Colorado. So a wagon approaches, one that is carrying a Mexican woman named Dolores Sanchez and her companion, a white man who was uh, only known to history now as uh, Philbrook. The Espinosas attacked, and Dolores and, and Philbrook scattered in opposite directions. So both uh, Philippe and Jose took after the white guy, of course. Uh, but they didn't want to get off of their horses to chase him, and they lost him as he goes down like this steep, rocky mountainside. So they turn around to go find the woman. <clears throat> so Dolores, uh, she she's hiding behind a rock <laughs> until uh, there's another wagon that comes down the road. So she pops out all screaming and, and flipping out, uh, telling them what had happened. And so... This wagon has two Mexican drivers in it, and they, they say, well, okay, we'll get in our wagon and hide. So moments later, though, uh, the Espinosas come back up on their horses, and according to reports, the two men demanded that the drivers tell them what ethnicity they were. When the drivers were like, hey, man, we are we're Mexicans. We're like you, you know. The Espinosas asked if they had seen a woman run by. Well, the drivers said that they hadn't. But as, as soon as they said that they hadn't, Dolores pops out and just starts pleading for all of their lives. What the shit, Dolores? What the shit? Fucking everything up. So, um, she was then uh, she was then raped by the Espinosas. Jesus. And when they were when they were done, they uh, they tied her up and promised to return to her to free her once they found her gringo companion. By then, though, uh, Philbrook had traversed the uh, the mountainside and gotten to Fort Garland, where he tells Colonel Tappan of what's happening. And a patrol was sent out. Dolores uh, was soon found. Uh, she was in, in pretty bad shape and hiding uh, after freeing herself after, after the Espinosas had taken off. <clears throat> so... Uh, finally safe at Fort Garland, Dolores and Philbrook, they gave they just super detailed uh, notes on this encounter with the Espinosas. It was the best description that anyone had ever gotten of Philippe. And the time had come to find this man for good. And Tappan knew exactly who to call to do it. That man's name is Thomas Tate Tobin. Okay. And that is where we will end this week's episode. Oh, well that was eventful. That that wasn't was it? a little, little little trip there. Oh. Little little bit of a ride. Man, there's you know what? And we we experienced uh the the highs and lows along with uh, all all of America waiting with uh with baited things that you bait masterfully 
like to um, to know what happened. What happened to the Espinosas? Who's this this new man, Mister uh, Mister Thomas Tobin Tate or Tate Tobin? I, I closed my notes, so I, I can't remember. <laughs> 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 but I will say that um, <coughs> next week, although it's going to be the 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 conclusion, the end of the bloody Espinosas, and I'm not giving anything away there. It's it's everybody that we spoke of tonight. Uh, if in this story, at least, is dead because it's long been, dead. It's been years. It's like it, it's like when at least I was a, a kid few. and I would, I would watch like old movie musicals with my grandma because that's all she ever fucking watched. Um, I was like, I would always think to myself, uh, every single person in this movie is dead. Yeah, I do that sometimes. Yeah, yeah it's it's weird to think about sometimes. Oh man, it's uh, you know, it's it's fun. Because the world is ours now, and at the same time, it's sad because, man, Judy Garland, she had a voice on her, did she? Yep, mm. and she was cute as uh-huh. shit back in the day. Yeah, before the third cancer. Mm-hmm. Mm. No. Somewhere over the rainbow. Julie Andrews. Oh, that's not nice. Julie Andrews was my bitch, though. Hey, man. Excuse she me. She was your what? Excuse oh, me. I meant that in a good way, of course. No, no. wait. What'd you say, bitch? Show? No, I said Julie yes, Andrews yes, was my said. bitch, though. Like, <laughs> you know, like baby mama. Oh, your bitch, though. Yeah. Oh. Hey, man. Oh, you know. Yeah. I, hell yeah. I, I, I see that. I see roll dogs. I see roll dogs with Julie Andrew because not only can she uh, yodel with the best of them, but she can also fuck up a Nazi's jeep. And that makes her okay in my book. Oh shit, that wasn't supposed to happen. I apologize. Oh shit, what? Nothing. What my happened? my tablet started itself. I, I was watching the old. Uh, actually, I pressed the button and <clears throat> never mind. It wasn't supposed to start. But I was watching the old uh, animated <laughs> X Men series from the from the nineties, and it just decided to want to Jesus why start playing the theme song. Such a Me, bad why? show. Because it's dope. Yeah, that's a stupid show. Anyway, oh, you're a stupid show. Um, guys, I well, you know what? I might be a stupid show, but I'm still gonna thank both of you for being patient and loving mm. and sitting there and listening to me give you and our listeners another fucking like, man, we will so goddamn jab just crosses into your bullet hole in your forehead episode of see no hear no speak no indeed indeed the ufos the conspiracies that god damn the murders how like i really do think you have to pound on that with like a fucking mallet or something to get it to go through i was th- yeah for real I'm, yeah, I'm that's, thinking like that's uh some strength through like uh you know like the strength dude the old, the old uh, videos and stuff of like, uh, like carnies putting up circus tents. Like that's what I'm thinking. Dude, you know. I mean, there's a yeah, yeah, but there's the, like all four of them in a row in a circle. Exactly. There's a bunch yeah. of shit yeah, from yeah, the yeah. movies I call bullshit on. That is definitely one of them. 
And I mean, it, yeah, if I saw like a Dune movie just drive a stake all the way through someone, I'd be like, yeah, okay, yeah, fucking right. Well, dude, I mean, like if you listen oh, to any man. of the or, or watch any of the interviews with, um, let's say Kemper or somebody like that, <clears throat> they make mention mm-hmm. of how you just think it's gonna be a lot easier than it is. <laughs> it's real work. Yeah, it's. And they're not talking like, uh, like mentally, no, uh, difficult to 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 run someone through with a knife. They mean like the physical force it takes to put even the sharpest and pointiest of blades into yeah. a person is uh is a great great amount. Yeah, it's no <laughs> bullshit. It's like trying to stab a fucking coke can. You're pressurized in there, for one, and I mean there are several mm-hmm. reasons, but at at the same time, um, yeah, you just. Without knowing, without having any experience in stabbing a living creature, um, a, a, a decent-sized living creature, there's no way for you to know how hard to stab. <clears throat> and then you hear a number like 32. Good God. After hearing all the other shit that they did mm-hmm. to these bodies after killing them, 32 mm-hmm. is quite a bit of work. It's like an entire classroom of kids, basically. Yeah. That's, yeah. Well, you know, it's still it's still far shy of the 600 that he promised us. That's true. It's yeah, far really shy. Yeah, really disappointing there. Not a man of his word. Not a man of his word. <laughs> We're going to glaze no, over no. I mean, the, the, uh, the uh, fact that James just mentioned a classroom full of children. <laughs> but uh, uh, <laughs> it couldn't have been a church up, full up, of up, retarded up. adults. No, it had to... He went straight to listen. listen. The whole class. I didn't. I didn't go to a church full of retarded adults for twelve fucking years. I went to a school f- filled with thirty oh kids. That's my God. frame of reference for a for a crowd. Full of okay. brainwashed Man. children. Okay. That's more. Yeah. That's more people than I currently know it in is. my life. Me so, too. Uh, <laughs> it would be, it would become a, a lonely Yay, adulthood. For me. And on that note, I I think my the only thing that I can really add to it. Other than uh, thank you, baby Vera, baby Vera Clem, for for being such a wonderful guest tonight. Um, we can't wait to hear what you have to say next week about uh, Mr. Tobin. Indeed. Uh, but is uh, is this? And I hope I hope this is as poignant and moving for you two as it is in my head for me. And that is countdown. Three, two, one, one, one. one. And I'm James. Uh, any scenes. <laughs> Bye, Bye.